Welcome to the Love Marriage Again podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Siobhan Parat. In this podcast, you will receive the wisdom, the insight, and the tools you need to have a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Your marriage is meant to be amazing. Your marriage should be your favorite place to be. Your marriage should bring out the best in you. I'm here to help you create that. In each episode, I'll coach you to improve your communication, build a deeper connection, become a more united team, and experience more intimacy. Here, we have real conversations about what can make marriage hard, and more importantly, how to make it easy. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I am delighted to have you here with me today. We are in the week of Valentine's Day. Do you have Valentine's Day plans? If you do, fantastic. If you don't, that's also okay. (laughs) One of the things that I have just adopted that I really suggest to all of my clients is that if there are holidays or special occasions that you prefer to celebrate in a very specific way, just be in charge of it. Be the CEO and create what you want. Life is too short to spend time waiting for other people to give you what you want when you can be empowered to either ask specifically for what you want or create it yourself. So that's a little tidbit there. But as I thought about this week in particular, we are about six-ish, seven-ish weeks into 2024 And I wanted to give you an update on my weight loss, right? Because I know that's really what you guys want to hear about. And I'm doing great. I have been really enjoying this new way of eating. I am experimenting with creating desserts. And I found like oatmeal, peanut butter, chocolate chip cookie recipe that I think is a keeper that can give me that lovely, delicious sweetness that as a human being, I sometimes crave and also keep me eating healthy, whole foods grown from the earth. (laughs) That is really sort of like what I am mostly focused on. Not a plant-based diet because I still eat meat. I am a protein gal, but um, I've been enjoying experimenting with cooking differently and finding different foods that I might not have tried otherwise. And I am down six to eight pounds. It really varies. Y'all know, like especially us ladies, Our hormones, our cycle, all those things vary so much, but I'm right on track. That is what I'm very excited about. I'm right on track. My little weight tracking app gives me all these great projections of like when I should hit my goal of 45 pounds down and I'm right on track for those of you who are following along and interested in that 
personal detail about my life. All right, so today we are actually talking about communication again. I have really been thinking about what is the thing people need the most help with first? And 99.9% of my clients come to me with some communication issue. And if you listened to the podcast episode last week, you heard about some of the like deadly communication mistakes and breakdowns that people struggle with that actually lead to divorce. I had a great friend um, and divorce coach, Julie Danielson, on the podcast talking about what she sees on the back end for her clients who have already made the decision and have gotten a divorce. What are some of the things that contributed to the ultimate breakdown of their marriage? So if you didn't listen to that, definitely rewind one and take a listen there. And then today I thought I would do some of the most frequently asked questions I get on the topic of communication. And before we dive in, there's one thing I want you to know and one thing I want to invite you to. And I don't want you to feel like I forgot about you as a podcast listener, but I didn't get this out to you as early as I could have. So at the time of this recording, On Monday, February 12th, I am actually hosting the first of a five-day series on communication. And if you are listening to this podcast the day after or even several days after, I want you to know you can still get in. So February 12th is day one of five, and the rest will proceed the rest of the month of February. So there's plenty of time to still get yourself in, get the recording, and then be ready for the next four calls to be able to join me live. Now, side note, if you're not on my email address list, then get yourself on there because that is where I typically announce things first. Um, Because obviously with the podcast, there's production time and there's a lot of things that delay me being able to get this out as quickly as an email or a post on Instagram, LinkedIn, etc. So get on my email list, drshavon.com forward slash email um, or sign up for the masterclass, which is on my website as well, drshavon.com, and then you'll be in the rotation to keep getting updates about any other free masterclasses that I'm doing. So all of that being said, we're going to be spending some time talking about communication for the next several weeks, and I want to support you in that masterclass. And I also want to support you with just some of the questions that I know are already bumping around in your head because people have been asking me. So all last week, I um, did a series of talks for this platform called Peanut. Um, It's an app that I have been invited to be an expert on and just pour into the community and support the community there. The developers of the app found me and... um, asked me to support their community. So I do that and I give talks there from time to time. 
And I just decided as I was engaging and answering so many questions, I would jot down the ones that I got asked the most because I know if that community of individuals is asking these questions, you are too, because they're just the universal questions that people ask in a marriage about communication. So I'm going to share with you what the questions are, and then I'm actually going to answer them. One is, what do you do when your spouse is super defensive? Number two is, what do you do when your spouse shuts down and refuses to talk about something? Number three is, how to stop being so angry when you bring things to your spouse? Number four is what to do when your spouse is controlling your communication. I'll explain what that is. Number five is how to stop policing each other. And number six is how to de-escalate an argument. All right, so let's dive into number one. What do you do when your spouse is super defensive? And I think it's important to first understand where defensiveness comes from. Defensiveness comes from when you are feeling attacked or when you are trying to protect your identity and your good standing with someone. So defensiveness in and of itself as a human reaction is normal. Um, But in a marriage, it breaks down the communication because if you have someone who's defensive, it feels like you can't get through to them. It feels like they are dismissing or diminishing your experience, trying to like control the narrative so that they are justified in what they've done and you sort of let go of your grievance or constructive feedback to them. So it's not a good thing in terms of promoting connection, open and honest communication and forward moving, forward movement. Not forward moving, forward movement in your marriage. All right. So it's not, it's no bueno. Right. And again, Julie and I talked about this on the podcast last week. What do you do about it is a great question. And my answer for any of these questions that are about how do you get your spouse, the answer is always you cannot make someone do anything. The first place you always want to look is how do I navigate and manage myself? in light of what my spouse may or may not be doing, right? Now, of course, you can discuss it. Of course, you can share the experience of it, right? So instead of, you're so defensive, I can't ever bring anything to you, it might be like, hey, when I bring things to you and you explain it away, it's really hard for us to make progress, right? Or it's really hard for me to feel like you hear me and that what I'm offering is valid. So when your spouse is super defensive, you do want to just acknowledge that it is a human reaction to things, not to give them a pass because it's still not a healthy behavior. But you want to think about how am I going to handle this? This is just literally the best question to always be asking yourself when it comes to anything your partner is doing. And my lens and perspective is always just sharing your experience, right? And 
also engaging them as a partner. So if you notice that they're always defensive, you might start out with, hey, is there a better way we can talk about certain issues? I wanna make sure that I'm approaching you in a way that really works for you and that you can respond and engage with me in a way that really works for me, right? Notice that that is really a win-win scenario, just bringing it to them and assuming the best intentions, assuming that you'll figure it out, assuming that you're on the same team. Now, if that approach doesn't work for you and they are still super defensive, I think what is a great use of your time is to find ways that you can be empowered even in spite or in light of their defensiveness. So if you're coming to them offering some constructive feedback that you really would like for them to change something or do something differently, but they're unable to receive that, then your energy and your time is better spent thinking about what can I do to make this situation better for me. It's not best spent pointing the finger and telling them how defensive they are, sharing with them how frustrating it is to talk to them and trying to get them to see your point. That's gonna exhaust you. So you wanna think about how can I be most empowered in this situation? And sometimes giving them that breathing room, giving them that space can help them come to their own self-awareness. Now, a little bit of prayer can help that too. <laughs> Let me just say, many times when you can't get through your, to your spouse, releasing them and putting them in God's hands and praying that he would open their eyes and that he would give them insight, and you as well, right? Because sometimes the defensiveness is in reaction to the way you approach something. So you really do want to look at both sides of the street. But if it is a perpetual issue that no matter how you bring things to your partner, they are defensive, then you want to take a step back and stop trying the same approach with them and give them some breathing room to come to their own awareness about the situation, right? If you have more questions about that, definitely come to the masterclass because we can go back and forth a little bit more and we can actually have a two-way conversation about it. Okay, question number two. What do you do when your spouse shuts down and refuses to talk about something? So the long and the short of this is, again, very similar to when they're defensive and like you're not going to be able to control that. You're not going to be able to make them listen, make them engage, make them understand. Now, I wish I could wave a magic wand and that wouldn't be a problem, but sometimes you have to just look at the situation for what it is right now and figure out what you want to do. What I recommend is if you have a partner who is shutting down and unavailable or unwilling to have an important conversation, it then becomes a monologue. Now, not a monologue in the set. Let me rewind that. It's not a monologue. It's an FYI. And I say that because less is more. 
Sometimes when you feel like you're talking to a brick wall, you can keep talking and over explaining and trying to over convince them to engage with you. And that doesn't work for someone who is shutting down. Lots of times people are shutting down because they are emotionally flooded. They are overwhelmed. They don't even know where to begin in the conversation. And so rather than trying to engage with you in the conversation, it feels safer for them to disengage completely and to just not be available for the conversation. So if your partner has a habit of doing this, your best next step is to give them an FYI. And what I mean by that is just think about a note you'd send to someone like your child's teacher, like FYI, my child forgot their hat today. Could you please make sure they put their hood on, (laughs) right? Literally a message I sent to my son's teacher last week. So it's an FYI. It's like, here's the thing I want you to know. It's important for me to honor myself and what I want to communicate and Maybe there's a request at the end attached to it, or maybe it really is just 100% an FYI, right? So it could be like, FYI, I'm not happy in a marriage where we don't spend quality time together. And this is a situation that feels very lonely to me. That might be the FYI, right? Now, you're not asking for them any them for anything. You're not demanding anything of them. You're just letting them know this is where I am. This is my status update, right? Now, if you want to do an FYI with a request, that might work, right? Because again, if someone is shutting down because they're overwhelmed, they may not even know where to begin in addressing what you're bringing to them. So if you give them the FYI followed up with a request, that's something they can decide rather quickly in their own head, yes or no, I'm willing to do that or not willing to do that. And at least you have some data in that situation, right? So same scenario. Hey, I just want to let you know I am unhappy in a marriage where we don't spend quality time together. It is really important to me that we have a weekly date night or a monthly date night. If I plan something, can you make yourself available for us to do it, right? That might be the request. But notice there's not a lot of pressure being put on the other person to then share how they feel and express their thoughts about it. And sometimes there is a time and a space for that if you have a partner who's willing to offer you that. But sometimes when we're unlearning bad communication patterns and relearning or learning for the first time new communication patterns, we have to like take some baby steps. Now, I know, and I can hear the chatter. Some of you are in your head like, well, why does it always have to be me? Why do I always have to be the one putting forth so much of an effort? And listen, I work with couples because I know in some marriages, it really is both of you. It really does take both of you for things to tangibly and qualitatively improve. But you are here listening to this podcast. And so I don't have control over getting in your partner's ear and telling them the work that they need to do unless you bring them into my space, right? So for the person who is shutting down, for the person who is defensive, no bueno, (laughs) right? If you've gotten them to listen, 
no bueno. We want to shift those things. We want to stay in the conversation. We want to engage. We want to communicate to our partner that what they need, what they feel, what they care about matters, right? And if there's some block for you that is creating the defensiveness, if there's some block for you that is creating the shutdown, let's just have that conversation. This is why I feel so defensive. This is the thing that you do or the thing that you say that causes me to feel like I need to protect myself. This is why I keep shutting down. I feel really overwhelmed when you bring seven things to me or you want to have like an hour long conversation that's overwhelming to me. Can we just make it a 10 minute conversation and keep chipping away at it a little bit each day? But you have to engage. You have to stay present. You have to be a part of the communication process in order for things to get better. All right. So hopefully that helps. Question number three, how to stop being so angry when you bring things to your spouse, right? Because this may be contributing to the defensiveness or the shutting down. And when the person asked me this question, there were several ways that I wanted to answer it, right? Because this is like, this is a whole program. This is a whole six months of coaching with me to solve this truly, deeply, genuinely. But for a quick question, and in this podcast episode, what I'm going to say is you have to first understand what it is that you're so angry about. What is the resentment that you've been building up? What is the need that hasn't been met? What is the expectation that has gone ignored? Because that's what the anger is about. You may be having a conversation on a Thursday about the dishes, but really it's the years that you felt like I'm the only one contributing to the maintenance of our home. My partner just, you know, comes home from work. They're scrolling on their phone. They snap their fingers. They have dinner. They have dishes clean. They have kids put to bed. Meanwhile, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. That's what the anger is about. So you have to first really understand what am I so angry and resentful about? And what's the core need underneath that? And a lot of times for the couples that I speak to, the core need is equity. They they want to be in a marriage where they feel like they have partnership, whether that's partnership and support, partnership and decision-making, partnership and power, right? Or they want connection and camaraderie and companionship. They're feeling lonely. And so when you're out making other plans or obligating yourself outside the home, the anger comes up because they're lonely, right? Because you're lonely if this is your question. So how do you stop being so angry as you get to the root cause of what is really going on for you and you start the conversation there? Hey, this isn't about that thing we just had an argument about. Really, this is how I'm feeling. And it's really hard for me right now. And I know there are better ways that I can approach you, but I am carrying a lot of anger and I need your help. I need us to work through these issues, these situations and these scenarios together in a better way so that I can release this anger. I need partnership with you. I need more of your support. I need more of your engagement. I need more of your attention. That would help so much in me feeling like, 
this marriage is on a good track. And the other piece of the anger, a lot of times, which leads to the breakdown in communication is we're acting out of the anger. So I want to introduce the idea that you can feel angry and also not act out of it. And what I teach my clients is to self-soothe. Like if you are feeling angry, if you're feeling let down or lonely or unsupported or neglected or rejected, you are the best person to address those emotions inside of yourself. You are the best best person to tell yourself what you need to hear. There's a whole podcast episode on self-soothing. And once you do that, you level yourself to like a more neutral place that you can have a more rational and less reactive conversation with your partner about it and increase the likelihood that they will actually be able to hear you, receive what you have to say, and then move forward with you in a positive direction. So you've got to work on those deeper needs. You've got to restrain yourself from having conversations when you know that you are highly reactive. All right, question number four, what to do when your spouse is controlling your communication? Now, this was a really interesting one. So the caller had asked, right? Like she had wanted to have a conversation with her husband about something and you know, he was like, well, let's talk about it now. It's either now or never. And she wasn't quite ready at the time that he was ready. And she felt like she couldn't say that, right? And so there are times when like someone else is driving the conversation. Either they're like, we either talk about this now or never, or it's like, we have to talk about it right now. (laughs) There is no option for never, right? It's like, right now, I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to wake you up in the middle of the night. I'm going to wake you up early in the morning. I'm going to interrupt your work day. We have to talk about it now, right? So again, if you were doing that, no bueno. That's not good, right? We want to set up our communication and our conversation for win-win scenarios. We want to talk about things when it is a good time or good enough time for both of you. And I'm a huge fan of just flagging conversations and both of you mutually being agreeable to a time that can work for you both. But for her, right, when she said that he said this, I was like, why didn't you just say, I can't talk about it now, but I would like to talk about it tomorrow. When can we do that? Right. It's almost like his offer was now or never. That's his first offer. And I was strongly encouraging her to believe that she has the right to offer a counter offer. It can be a negotiation process just because he says it's now or never doesn't mean that that's actually true. Right. But because he was exerting a lot of power and control and she was then shrinking, she believed it was true. So for whatever side you might sit on, maybe you have a partner who insists on having conversations about things that it's not a good time for you to do so. Or maybe you have a partner who gives you like this ultimatum, either we talk about it now or you have to let it go forever. Neither one of those is okay, but I want you to feel empowered 
And my answer and advice and guidance on this type of question is give your counteroffer and stand by it assertively, not aggressively. It doesn't have to become a power struggle, but you can gently acknowledge like, hey, I get it. I see that this is really important for you and that you want to talk about this right now, but now is not the best time for me. And I want us both to have the best chance of having a good conversation. So can we talk about it? in three hours, in two hours, tomorrow, right? That is how you would handle that when your partner is trying to control when communication and when conversations happen. Question number five, how to stop policing each other? Now, this was so good because I had someone say like, hey, we're really working on not being defensive, both of us, right? So she and her husband, we're really working on not being defensive, but they're so like on alert for it that they're like uh, offended ahead of time by the other person and then trying to police the other person to make sure they're not being defensive. And inside my program, The Marriage Upgrade, I just have a rule. I'm like, we don't police each other. I am both of your coaches, right? I'm a coach for both of you. So like, I'm the police here, (laughs) right? Like you don't need to police each other. And so if you find yourself in that space of like, well, I know these appropriate communication tools, right? I listen to Dr. Siobhan's podcast. I go to her master classes. You don't. You're doing communication wrong, right? I just want you to like sense how that might feel, right? And instead of trying to police each other, The guidance and the coaching on that is to police yourself and to make sure your side of the street is as clean as it can possibly be. And then it requires some surrendering, some trusting, some believing that your partner will rise up, that by you setting the tone and the culture for how communication goes by you showing up as your best, they will get the message, they will get the signal, you will be modeling the new way of being and they will either rise up to meet you or they'll continue down the path of maybe some destructive and unhealthy communication you know, mistakes and breakdowns and that's just what they do, right? We still can't control this other person And so we have to just allow that to be where they are and still operate from the place of our greatest empowerment, okay? Number six, how to de-escalate an argument. Such a good question. And here's my answer, which you may not like. The way to de-escalate an argument is to plan ahead for how you're gonna handle your triggers, right? When you're in the moment and you are escalating to argument level, your mature, calm, rational brain that's going to use all these great communication techniques is like out. The light is off and the highly reactive, petty, controlling, convincing, my opinion matters the most, that part of your brain is on full force. So for most people, it is very difficult to wrangle that in without a lot of practice and self-awareness and 
tuning into your body so you can know when you are just starting to teeter over into reactionary mode, right? I have a whole challenge inside the marriage upgrade where I teach my clients how to catch that. But that is like an advanced skill set, right? That we work up to after practicing some of these other things first. So what you want to do as you're just starting out to do this is you just want to simply decide ahead of time how you're going to handle the things that you know set you off. So there are certain things that your partner likely says or does in the course of your talks with each other. Just decide ahead of time what you're going to do when that happens. And the best decision you could ever make ahead of time is to pause, is to resist the urge to stoop to their level, resist the urge to go back and forth with them. Just zip it up and pause. Give yourself 10 seconds to collect yourself. But you have to have decided that ahead of time. It's almost like you want to give your brain the fuel and the gas to be able to remember to do that by deciding ahead of time, right? Because trying to de-escalate an argument in the middle is really hard because most of us aren't practiced enough at catching ourselves before we get to that fully set off level. All right. I trust that this conversation was valuable for you and really gave you some really great tools and pointers and coaching that can support you in your conversations with your spouse. And there's more. There's so much more. So head right over to my website, drshavon.com. Click that link that says Masterclass Series. Get yourself signed up to get all of the amazing content I'm going to be sharing over five days, the rest of the month, and get all the help that you can right now to improve your communication, to set your marriage on a better path, to set the way that you and your spouse talk to each other on a much more productive, healthy, and connecting trajectory. Your communication literally makes or breaks your marriage. And I am committed to sharing as much as I possibly can in these different formats here on the podcast, in my masterclass series. And of course, at the deepest possible level for the greatest amount of transformation inside my coaching programs. So you can learn more about working with me directly on your communication and building your connection in your marriage by also going to my website, drshavon.com. And I would love to have the opportunity to serve you in that way as well. Thank you so much for being here today. I will be back next week. That's all for now. Until then, bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. And now a question for you. What did you get out of this episode? The most important part of this work is applying what you hear. I hope you'll do that. And if you loved this podcast, you will love working with me directly even more. I invite you to my website, drshavon.com, to learn about my coaching programs and any live masterclasses I may be hosting. And of course, we will meet right back here for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep loving your marriage again.